Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Welcome back once again here to Emmanuel Church. I'm Pastor Gabe. I'm so excited to share this message with you. We are closing out our series called You Follow, and we've talked about how to make how to make sure that we are truly following Jesus. Are we reflecting Jesus and are we in line with his mission? And today I want to talk about what it means to follow Jesus. Is there a list of rules or the directions that he gave us or left us in order to know that we are following after Jesus. And spoiler alert, yes, there are uh, a way to do things, a way of living that he has called us to do. In fact, I referenced that in the very first message of this series. So if you haven't watched this series at all, go go back and catch up on the Church Center app or on YouTube or on Facebook. We're there. And today I want to be able to answer that question. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Like following anybody or, or anything, it can be uh, a mixed bag. You never know what's going to happen. I remember once I was when I was in San Antonio, and I was new to the city. I had just gone uh, straight out of high school to to a Bible school called Christ Mission College there in San Antonio, and I didn't know anything. And we happened to have a fellow a student, a friend of ours that we met, that she knew San Antonio. She grew up in the area, and so she knew where she was going. And so she said, "Well, I want to take y'all to downtown. I want to show y'all downtown." Uh, and what it's like, you know, and I, I've, of course, been to the Alamo and other things. I mean, if you can't call yourself a Texan, I don't think if you've never been to the Alamo. But we were going to go downtown. And since I didn't know anything, how to navigate anywhere in San Antonio. And I had a busted GPS before GPSs were on phones. And it, I've had so many problems with that thing. Once took me to an empty lot looking for Lubies. But I so I defaulted and I said, OK, we're going to follow you. I didn't know what that was going to look like, but man, she drove, she was one of the fastest drivers I ever had encountered. I wondered, how did we not get stopped on this journey to downtown? And even more so because there came a point in the journey where we were uh, trying to get onto the highway and there was a light that was right before you had to get onto the highway. And I thought it was such a weird thing, but she knew the area. And so we get up to the light and she's zooming past it, going as fast as she can. Light turns red. I have not passed the light. And I'm like, if I lose her, I will get lost. I won't know where I'm going. So I passed the red light. Don't judge me. I can feel your judgment through the service online, through the camera online. But I, I passed the red light to follow her to be able to get faster because that's what it can feel like. And it, it can sometimes, it, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Especially when you're going somewhere you've never been before. It's not easy to follow someone. But Jesus shows us and tells us what it means to be able to follow him. He gave us a pattern to live by, instructions to live by. And he, as he calls us to follow him. And I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 20. 
And this is the first story of Jesus calling his disciples. And the word says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting their net into a lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Once they left their net, at once they left their nets and followed him. This is the first encounter Jesus has after being baptized, after being in the wilderness, after fasting and encountering the enemy. And now he is starting his ministry. And the first thing he does is look for people to be his disciples. He's looking to build a community of people who will follow him. And so he finds Peter and he finds Andrew and they're fishing. They're doing, they're going about their normal daily lives. And he, he, they don't know him. They don't know who he is. They don't know what is going on. He must have been dressed somewhat, way, somewhat, some way. Maybe it was just how he looked at them, the, the way he said it. But he looked at them and he told them, come and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And it says, at once they dropped their nets. They left behind the other fishermen, the boats, and just went to follow Jesus. Jesus was considered by many uh, as a rabbi, as a teacher. And so for them, for, for, for men who had lived their lives not know, living in a professional trade as a fisherman meant that they weren't called up to study the law under a rabbi. And they dropped everything in that moment. They said, I, I don't know what it is or who this man is or what he has in store for us, but there is something. And he is asking us to follow him. So let's go. The first thing we have to understand is that when it comes to following Jesus, there is going to be a cost. And I don't mean a cost for salvation. The Bible tells us that Jesus freely gives of his love, of who he is. But when it comes to following him, once we have understood that what it means to accept this gift, that to accept the love of Christ, to accept what he has offered us, he then asks us to follow him. And we have to understand that that means there is going to be a cost to be counted. There's something that we are going to have to leave behind. We're going to have to leave behind. The disciples, the first two here, Peter and Andrew, they left behind uh, their family. They left behind their co-workers in that moment. They went to follow Jesus. They didn't intend to go back and be fishermen anymore. They said, we have to go and follow this man. There's going to be a cost. Jesus asks of us when we follow him to be able to give us his life. To be able, not his life, our lives. He wants us to know, he wants us to, to be dedicated to him and him alone. I mean, that doesn't mean for everybody that we leave behind our jobs and families and everything, but there is going to be some kind of cost, whether personal, professional, or otherwise. We don't think about that a lot of times. We don't think about what it means to follow Jesus. But it means to put Him first and foremost in our lives. When it comes to, to, to work, when it comes to family, when it comes to our dreams and our goals and our passions, when it comes to relationships and friendships and 
significant others, spouses, when it comes to our enti- the entirety of our lives, counting the cost means that I've, above all else, we put Jesus. And we don't think about it that way. We don't think that Jesus would have us leave behind things and we, we, we dare dread to think that He would ask us to give up anything. Yet that was something that Jesus consistently did throughout His time on earth. There was a rich young man that came to and wanted to follow Him. He says, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And He says, I've followed the commandments. I've done all this all my life. You've said like you've said. And Jesus said then the last thing is give up your wealth. Give it to the poor and follow me. There was a cost that needed to be counted. And that young man wasn't willing to pay it. We think about family and we think about what it might mean to to end up at odds with family because of our faith. Yet there are places in the world where our brothers and sisters in Christ, those that are following Jesus, have given up. Family have been disowned by family because of their faith in Christ. Our priorities are supposed to change. That's the cost that's being counted. When it comes to ourselves, we don't think of ourselves first. We think about Jesus first. When it comes to our families, we don't think about just them first. We think about Jesus. We don't think about our, our, uh, our lives, our dreams, our goals. We think about Jesus first. He is before all of that because He holds all of that in His hands. He is asking us to count the cost. What we might have to lose. In fact, we, you know, Jesus, Jesus said it in such a way in Matthew chapter, thir- uh, chapter 10. He, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, He says, Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And in other versions it says, Anyone who does not hate their mother or their father on the account of me is not worthy of me. And it sounds harsh, but what Jesus was telling us here, it's got to look, from, from the perspective of others, it might look like hate. How much you love me more than them. It reminds me of my dog, Lucy. You know, I think sometimes she thinks that I hate her because I'm giving attention to my wife. And she gets so jealous that she tries to break in between us. But Jesus is asking us, are you going to count the cost? In verse 39, uh, verse 38 of that same chapter, he says, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Jesus said, if you count the cost, if you give up what is yours, you are going to find life. And that's the thing. Counting the cost with Jesus doesn't mean that we lose out on everything. It doesn't mean that we don't get anything in return. In fact, we get more in return. We lose, we might lose everything, but we gain so much more. Jesus said that we will receive in return blessing, that every spiritual blessing in Him. He says, if you've left mother and father and brother and sister, He says, you will receive more family. You receive more. The cost is great. But in return, we receive Jesus. 
We receive Jesus. We receive a chance at true, real life by following the one who created us. The cost needs to be counted. A lot of times we put our own priorities above God. A lot of times we won't even think about God during our life, during our daily lives, during the week. We'll go to work, we'll be at home, and church comes to mind when it's time for church on Sunday or any other time during the week. Home, we're reading our daily devotion, but it doesn't hazard a second thought throughout the day. Yet God says, is asking us, would you take up the cross? Would you count the cost daily? Would you put me first above all else? Secondly, what it means to follow Jesus means to follow the commands that he has given us. And I know that seems harsh. We don't like to listen to people. We don't like people telling us what to do. No one likes to be told what to do. Uh, it's one of probably the least favorite things. When people have, and I think that's one of the reasons people don't like taking advice so much. They might ask for, for advice because they want to seem like, oh, they're trying to reach out or something else. But they don't like taking the advice. Believe me, I've been a pastor and a youth pastor for so many years where I've told so much advice, so, so much people have come asking me for advice. But when I tell them, you know, this is what you should probably do to get out of this situation, they're like, well, I'd rather do it my own way. And that's life. No one likes to be told what to do. But Jesus told us, if you love me, you will obey my commands. If you love me, you will obey my commands. And he tells us in John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, what his command is. Yes. He says, a new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And Jesus wasn't just giving a new command. It wasn't like he had never said this before because that, that's Jesus. That's, the Bible tells us that's who God is. God is love. So it wasn't new that he was telling us to love Love, love one another, to love others, to love our neighbor. They say, no, I, I need to remind you and refresh you from this point on. This is the standard that you need to set. This is my command to you. It's not so much about a list of to-dos of, of being a Christian. Being a Christian isn't, well, can you go to this place or do this thing or do that thing? It's not a, the, the ten commandments of thou shalt not and the ten commandments of thou shalt do's. No, instead, it's about two. And Jesus reminding them, I'm reminding you of what I said before. In Matthew chapter 22, 34 to 30, Jesus is having a conversation with the, uh, with the Pharisees and they're testing him and they're saying, what is the greatest law? And Jesus replied in verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus told us that we were called to love others, that this was what he was commanding us to do. And this is something that we can do personally and in community. Personally, what it means to love others is that as we go through our lives, 
when we see others that are struggling, instead of first condemning them because uh, of some kind of social construct or standard, that we would extend to them the same grace that has been extended to us. When we, look, when we see people that are suffering from homelessness or drug addiction or struggling in life or struggling with depression or struggling with sin in their lives or struggling with all kinds of other matter of things that life throws at us, that we would see ourselves and be reminded that one, at one point Jesus extended grace and love to us and that we should do the same. This is what it means to love our neighbors, to follow Jesus' commands, to follow what He has asked of us to do. That if we would love Him, that we would love others too. That we would love others too. And in community, this means that as a church, our job is to speak for those who have no voice to stand up for injustice. Like we talked about last week, to set the oppressed free, to give sight to the blind, to show people that Jesus is the way. That it's not about our denomination or our church individually, but as a collective, as a church, our job is to love others. And that extends to the people within the church as well. We're supposed to love them. We're, we're going through a difficult time in the world where a lot of people are, un, uh, were, are fighting with each other. And rightly so. And sometimes it might seem like we're not united, but we need to be united in the fact that we are calling each other to this higher standard of love. That if someone in the church would be stepping to, the, to, to their own ideals of like we talked about in this first week and following their own Jesus who does not love to love that person is to call them to that higher standard. To love people. As the body of Christ, we represent Jesus in this world. And they will only see Him truly if we are following His command to love one another. Personally, when people see us, and see they, they see the fish stickers on our car, or they see a KSBJ sticker if you're here in Houston or your favorite Christian radio station. When they see a cross, when they see you wearing a cross, or wearing Christian jewelry, or wearing Christian tea, whatever they see you as, they, you are there as an extension and a representative of Jesus. And we are called to show His love to others. And as a church, we must hold ourselves to that higher standard to point them to Jesus. Lastly, to follow Jesus, moving in from that, we work together as a church to pursue the mission of Jesus. That means we work together to preach the gospel, to tell people and point people to Jesus. We might be representatives. We might be Jesus' image here on earth right now. But we point to the one that's the true Jesus, the real Jesus, the, the Jesus that will save them from their sin. Because we can't. I can't. I can't do that, but Jesus can. To make disciples. To show people what it means to follow Him. 
How do we live out our lives? How do we love rightly? To follow Jesus, to make disciples. That is what, and we have to do that together. It's not, you know, I'm, I, I'm your pastor here and I can tell you, it's not just my job. It's your job too. We come together to accomplish the mission of Jesus in this world. We come together. And you might think that maybe, well, I don't have a part in that. But we read in First Corinthians chapter. Uh, we read in First Corinthians that Paul, the apostle Paul tells us that we are at the body of Christ, and each one of us has a role to play. Each one of us has an opportunity to be a part of the church, to do something. And you might think, well, I, you know, I don't have a talent. Or a, you, you do, you do. God has created you uniquely has a plan for your life and he has a purpose of putting you and bringing you to the church here that you have a reason for being here and that he wants you to know that you are part of what he is doing in the world but if we are consistently sitting back as a church content to just receive on a Sunday morning then we are not being the church we must be able to be involved to be walking with the church and that can look different things for different people if you have the gift of hospitality the bible tells us serve if you have the gift of leading lead if you have the gift of preaching preach if you have the gift gift of praying or of faith use it use it for others if you have the gift of cleaning clean maybe you don't know i i don't know how i can do anything share this service share on social media share what God is sharing with you to others. Share your story. That is being part of the church. That is being part of what God has called us to do. Working as a community, as the body of Christ in this world to bring hope to the hopeless. Life to those who need a second chance. Grace. And, and love to those whom the world has cast out. We are called to walk together in this world through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we do our part, no matter how small you think your part might be, God will be faithful to use that so that people will come to know Him. As we close out this series, and last week we closed out our 21 days of fasting and prayer, we've been talking about following Jesus. And as we talk today about what it means to walk in that, to count the cost and to know that Jesus has something greater in store if we would just give him our lives, to know that he has called us to love others personally, individually, but love others as a church as well. That we would walk as a church in this world to preach the gospel and point people to Jesus. That our journey is daily. It's not just in January. It's not just on Sundays or Wednesdays or when small groups happen or e-groups happen, which we're starting soon. It's not just those days. But every day, 
as we go through our lives, as we go to work, as we're at home, as we're at the grocery store, as we're going about our lives, we have been called to follow him. And Jesus today is extending his hand out and asking us, would you follow me? And in return, he is offering to you grace and love, peace, hope, life, truth. He is offering you a better way. So let us pray today. If you need to know Jesus, we're going to pray for you today because he is here. This Jesus we're talking about, he's asking us to love others because he loved them so. He loved them so much that he gave his life for them. And if you want to know more about Jesus today, if you want to be able to make that decision, you say, I, I want to follow him. I, need to, I want to know him. I need to know him more. We're going to pray for you right now. And then we're going to pray for us, those of us who may be Christians. And maybe we've, it's been a while since we've truly walked the walk and not just talked the talk. Father, if there is anyone here today and they want to make that choice today to follow you, let them pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to follow you. So here is my life. Here is my everything. I give it to you. Jesus, if there is anyone that prayed that prayer right now, either today or later, or when they're watching later, listening later, that you, Lord, would be surrounding them with love right now. To let them know that they have become a new creation, that they are now part of this family that is the church, and that we extend our love and grace to them. And that we would surround them, Lord, in prayer and in love. And for those of us who have been following you for a long time, God, and maybe it feels like we haven't just been in step with you, help us to walk in step with you this year. Help us to not forget the mission that you have called us to and lead us to what we can do as part of the church so that others might know you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done and how far you have brought us. But help us to walk forward through the rest of 2021 with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We thank you so much for joining us here today. And if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, let us know in the chat. We will have someone reach out to you and let you know what comes next. We want to pray for you. We want to. We just want to be able to talk to you now. And uh, we hope that we, you all have a blessed week. We will be starting e-groups next Friday through Zoom. So don't forget to sign up by going to mindmanualchurch.com slash e-groups or um, going to the Church Center app and finding, uh, finding our e-groups there and signing up there. We hope that you have a blessed week. We love you and we miss you. We will see you soon. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at 
amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.